943-17 till 10. Hope everything's working fine for you with your cell phone today. Tommy Tucker, WWL. Lee McKnight joins us now, an associate professor in the School of Information Studies at Syracuse University to talk about it. Good morning, Professor. How are you? Very well, thank you, and thanks for having me. Uh, yesterday, you know, at this time, and, and somebody is texting me relentlessly about why weren't you talking about more about this yesterday? And it's like, well, because at that point, all we knew was that it was down and it would be fixed when it was fixed. Today, not the case. What do we know, Professor? What have we learned, uh, first of all, about how many people were affected and what caused it? Well, I'll start with the second part on what caused it, which is what I, I, I was just a guess. You're right, we didn't know. So yesterday it was a guess that it was a human error or cloud software misconfiguration or, as AT&T put it, uh, a quote-unquote coding error that took out a part of but not all of their AT&T's network. So it was pretty spotty, and that's why like getting an exact estimate of how many people were actually affected is pretty difficult we have reports from a site called Down Detector that says when networks are down, but that just reports on, again, the, the irony is if you have network connection or able to reach it, you can report an outage, but if you don't have a network connection at all, you can't report. So, uh, so I don't really have a hard number of how many were affected. It was, it was widespread across many cities, and in terms of uh, Down Detector self-reports, it was over 70,000. Other reports I've seen in the, are in the millions. And the cost, anyway, so it's, it's hard to say. Right, so far, we don't have that exact uh, number. I have AT&T, and I don't have a problem at all. I, it, was, it was like business is normal for me, other people not Bingo. the case. Why was it so hit or miss, I guess, or intermittent, whatever phrase you want to use? Yeah, well, that's exactly why I, uh, I guess now we can say in retrospect, correctly guessed. It had to do with, uh, and I still don't, we don't know this part for sure, but in 5G networks, and for your radio listeners, I'm mm-hmm. apologize for getting geeky professor mode for a second. No, no, no. But... Look, that's why you're here, <laughs> Professor. That that's what okay. that's why we want you to come on because we don't get okay. it. You do. Okay. Well, there's something called network function virtualization or NFVs. That's like not in your 3G or 4G network, but now exists in 5G networks. So virtualize, like not they don't not tied to a real hardware piece, but just exists in software. But that's what really operates 5G networks today, like like any other cloud service from Amazon or Microsoft Azure or Google Cloud. So essentially, the 5G network is a bunch of different, very specific cloud services or NFVs. So when it was so spotty, to me, that said, okay, there's some particular NFV that was probably miscoded overnight and by some you know sleepy. A person without enough coffee, and somehow that mistake wasn't caught before it was loaded live into the network. And now there's the next guess. There's a particular piece of hardware located in some of ATTG's uh, cell sites, but not all of them, that combined with that particular um, mis-error-coded software failed. But if you didn't have that particular combination of, you know, some particular hardware and some and that miscoded software, your network operated fine. I heard our news director this morning talking about, and this is the first time I heard this, that I don't know if it was 5G or I, I don't know exactly what he was saying, but that if I call you on some networks, you're not actually hearing my voice. My voice is translated into something, and then it turns into something else that you hear. Talk about that, if you will. 
Um, okay, well, everything is digitized, and so what you're really hearing is like a digital uh, recreation of like like just like if you're getting a, a CD um, or any kind of digital streaming service. What you're getting is a digitized version of your voice and not like in the old analog LPs or analog television days where it was, really was your, your exact voice. Now, now you got to go into some more of that mode because I'm really confused. So it, is it recording me and repeating it microseconds later or recreating me? If I, if I were to call you right now on my cell phone, what would happen? Well, you're so from your your phone. Your phone is not a phone anymore. Right, it's, it's a, a computer. Right, okay. It's a computer. So anything going into the computer, the only language that computers really understand are ones and zeros. Gotcha. So ultimately, your voice is being turned into ones and zeros, and then back on the other end, going from coming back out the speaker in something that resembles, but is not exactly your voice. Then what is it? <laughs> it? It's a bunch of ones and zeros. We're living in a computer world these days. So is it is it artificial intelligence voice copy of me? Well, okay. So artificial intelligence comes in like with uh, facial recognition or these uh, you know voice prompt systems where they can recognize your voice mm-hmm. and then give you you know particular guidance. Uh, so there's voice recognition and facial recognition systems uh, where there is a particular signature to the intonations of my, I guess, professor-sounding voice mm-hmm. tones and your more normal radio-sounding voice terms, uh, tones. Uh, so that is that is related. It's, like I say, it's all, everything is digitized now, and that's the world we're living in, where there's one particular service or another. You know, Ten years ago, the ability to, like, call and, you know, talk to a computer and have it recognize you was something, um, you know, miraculous. So we call that artificial intelligence. Now it's just, okay, that's the way the phone operates, right? And uh, artificial intelligence definition has shifted to things like uh, chat GBT and generative AI, those kinds of uh, more modern systems. All right, let me let me phrase it this way, and I don't want to get morbid about this, okay? But if <laughs> If I uh, call my grown kid and leave a voicemail message and then, God forbid, the worst happens and, you know, uh, I'm gone this afternoon, do they actually have then a copy of my voice or do they have something that is not really that but something that the computer created to sound like my voice or recreated Hmm. from my voice? Hmm. Well, it would be I got the professor to say hum. Yeah, there you, you, did. Go. you did. You did good there. They did good there. They say that's the the you have a digital reproduction. Your your son would have a digital reproduction of your voice. So would it be me or not? Well, in the courts of law, that would count as you. Um, it's not the same as if you were back in the 1930s and it was all you know. You're talking over an analog phone to your son and then you died and then there would be no recording of it. All right, so, so let me phrase it this way. Uh, back in the 80s, you know, we, we have parents maybe that have passed and we have video of them and we can hear their voice. Is that their actual voice that we're hearing yeah, then? That, Has that, anything changed? Yeah, well, things have changed in that that would be like an analog. That would be like the, the exact intonation. So going back to like Thomas Edison, you know, his, his master's voice, if you're yeah. or maybe you're old enough. Yeah, okay. So that really was the voice the analog and the reproduction, and that's actually higher fidelity. So the 
the uh, high fidelity fanatics that prefer LPs over CDs or digital streaming. They're actually it's actually true. That's a higher quality and a more complete, re, you know, sound recording of the real voice than we've gotten through most digital systems. So, getting back to the video from the '80s, is that analog or is that digital? Yeah, no, from the 80s, that would be analog. And so that, um, however, because of the resolution and because of the difficulty of, like, making copies, if you if you recall, like, making a copies of mm-hmm. a VHS, okay, well, they got really bad really fast, right? Right. So, so on the one hand, it, was, it would be the accurate and might have some more complete information, but the resolution and then the reproducibility would be uh, much lower. Uh, That's what we've uh, gained in the digital world. So what does this say, what happened yesterday about vulnerability of networks to human error, checks and balances, dependence on what is not a phone but a computer for communication, et cetera? Bingo. Well, that was exactly what I was telling my students. So now you're all – like the whole world became uh, students in my IST 615 cloud management class. Mm -hmm. The lesson on Wednesday was about – the risk of cloud misconfigurations. So now we all learned that lesson. A cloud misconfiguration in the modern era can be you know, completely devastating, can take out AT&T. Typically, if you go on that site down detector, you'll see that every single day Instagram is going down, Reddit's going down a lot. And you know why? Because actually Mark Zuckerberg doesn't care that much, and you don't care that much if Reddit's down some amount of time. The telecom networks try, going back to the analog world, you know, when it was even harder, for what's called five nines reliability. So they want to be up 99.999% of the time. Mark Zuckerberg and Reddit, they don't care enough and they don't put enough money to actually get to that kind of level of reliability because they're going to get their advertising revenue and you'll be happy having your pictures out there anyway. So we're gaining some things, but there's also challenges in maintaining that 99.999% reliability in the new 5G cloudified era of telecommunications. And what we just witnessed is how the telecom network really is a cloud network these days and has the same exact vulnerabilities as any other cloud service. Um, Now, going back to how to avoid it, that's where what there's the failure. You know, I don't pick on the, the sleepy guy who hit the wrong key or made that human error because we are all humans. What is a fault here is not catching that error before it was deployed into their live operational network. We are about out of time, and and there is no way to even scratch the surface on this, but I would love for you to come back and spend an hour with us if you could. If you can, suffer this fool gladly because I'm going to have a lot of questions for you. Well, I'd certainly be happy to come back and uh, continue the conversation when you have uh, the opportunity. You know how to reach me. I'll look forward to another chance to uh, teach uh, IST 615 cloud management to uh, New Orleans. Well, Thank you, might, you might have to go with a little bit lower. You might have to go. What's the word I'm thinking of? A um, The lowercase. Anyway. Intro, what's, intro, not, intro, intro to cloud management. Intro to cloud management. That's it. Yes. Thank you. Remedial was the word I was fumbling for. Thank you, Professor. 955. Five till ten, we'll find out what Noel's got planned for us when we come back on WWL.